Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. You try to keep your birthdays quiet. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's Blair and Barker, the podcast. You thought I forgot? Jeff Blair, Kevin Barker. No, I, I, no, of course. Any opportunity to bug me about my age is not going to be passed up by you. Yeah, you, well, you did turn three digits today. You should get two free meals when you go out, not just one. Huh? <laughs> I I now qualify for a whole bunch of uh, benefits, cheaper hotel nights, all that good stuff. You know what they don't tell you, though, is as you get older, your ability or your desire to enjoy all the benefits of age disappear, right? Yeah. That's kind of, that's the nasty thing about getting older is all these things you are supposed to get as a result of your age become less enticing because you just want to go to bed and sleep for the most part. Yeah, my dad always tells me once you reach a certain age, you, you get a and one. So you go out to dinner, you get your <laughs> meal for free and the person you're with. So congratulations. <laughs> I made another year, eh? Yeah, it's a miracle. I made another year, and and, uh, and to think that I didn't think I'd make it past 55. Well, we're, well, we're all, people, we're we're all Blair lucky. Blair bonus years now, man. Blair males, don't, Blair males don't hit 60. There's all... Long history in our family of kicking the bucket before you hit sixty. So yeah, I don't. I don't think you you're walking. You're you're not walking up the 18th green just yet. You're not doing Anyhow. that just yet. So Happy who's going to be buddy. the Blue Jays opening? I want to get right to baseball. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, although I do appreciate the birthday wishes, Kevin. Even though I'll notice that you have not actually said Happy birthday to me yet. I just said just it. Joked about the birthday. I just said happy birthday. You actually said the words happy birthday. I did. And obviously, you know, like most of the time, you don't listen to me. You just, you have your own train of thought and you're trying to get that out as quick as possible. And you tend to ignore what I say. And even when I'm trying to be nice, which is rare, it's rare when I'm trying to be nice to you. But, well, you know, when you get to be 62, you do try to get it out as soon as possible because you never know. Anyhow, let's just move on. Uh, the Jays and the Yankees will play tonight at Steinbrenner Field. And uh, we are a week away from the eve of opening day. I don't know if that's actually a like an actual description of the day. But the fact of the matter is seven nights from to now, seven sleeps from to now, from now, uh, we will be on the verge of uh, opening day at the Rogers Center. The Texas Rangers have already announced that John Gray will be their opening day starter. We anticipate that Jose Barrios will be the opening day starter. He's certainly talking as if he expects to be the opening day starter. Nothing official yet, which I don't get worked up about this. Um, it used to be a big deal. You know, I can remember when covering baseball, the manager would get around and the announcement was going to be the opening day starter. And most of the time, it's the guy you think is going to be the opening day starter. 
right? Like it's it's seldom. It it's odd, Kevin, because you know there's so much emphasis on like any other start of the year, with the exception of the first start of a playoff series, right? Any other start of the year, no one gives a rat's ass about the start, right? I mean, if we are in, if the Jays have an off day and then they're facing the Yankees and and Charlie decides he wants a lefty to go instead of a righty, so he mixes things up a bit, we kind of shrug and go, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody makes a big deal about that. The only time we seem to care who the opening or who the starter is is on opening day and at the beginning at, at the start of a playoff series. Other than that, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I wonder if Jose always Barrios, struck me as odd. I wonder if Jose Barrios gets a bonus for being the opening day starter for the Toronto Blue Jays. I I can't imagine you would. Why wouldn't you? It's a big deal. He woke up to every starting pitcher. I, I know whenever I was the starter one time in my career, it's the biggest deal in my career. It's awesome. I couldn't wait to tell everybody. Every any, Even people I didn't know, I'd go into Target and be, guess what? Guess who I am? <laughs> I'm, I'm the, the opening day starter. i plate that says first base on his car. Yeah. Go look at it. Look, if you if you can't see it, I got it on my phone here. I'll show it to you. Yeah, it's a big deal for those guys, and I'm sure Jose Barrios knows. I, it's for me. It's Jose Barrios. Now I know when I was coming up, it was the, who you were paying the most money to. I mean, most of the time, that's what it came down to. And if you look at the rotation, who's the guy they're paying the most money to? Jose Barrios. Who's the second guy? Gosman. And then you know, it seems like it will probably be Ryu. You know, because you don't want three righties in a row, you want to break the lefties up. So it sounds like it'll be Ryu, Manoa, and, and then Kikuchi. But, you know, who, who knows about three through five, but one and two, you would think it would be the two highest paid guys. But for me, I just don't understand why they haven't come out and said. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Not, it, it could I'm sure Barrios well be knows. It's, it's just not that important. Well, times have changed a lot then if if it's not that important for people to know that Jose Barrios is the best starting pitcher the Toronto Blue Jays have to offer cuz that's why you're that's why you're going up against the other team's number 1 is that reason you want your number 1 facing the other team's number 1 all the time that's why you make them the opening day starter and again <laughs> this is the player coming out in me and I'm probably with you. I'm sure Jose already knows. I'm assuming it's Jose. Well, I'm sure and he it, can read the he can read the the work you know the worksheet, and he can work five days ahead and do 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 it in his brain sure. and come out that his next start sets him up to start an opening day. I'm sure I'm sure he can do that. Uh, I, I yeah I, I don't know. It, it's different spring training. I don't I don't know how guys are built up. The one thing that that seems apparent at least from everything I've read and from the interviews I've heard is it seems as if Barrios is on track to being able to give you 75 or 80 pitches. I yeah. don't know the other guys. I mean, no one's seen Kevin Gossman throw other than a minor league game as far as I know, right? Like, as he pitched in a – he may have pitched in yeah. a Grapefruit League game. I, I, well, I, I know the Barrios has had conversations that he says in his last start that he will be up to 86 or 87 yeah. pitches. All right. So uh, we, speaking of Kevin Gossman and Hyunjin Ryu, by the way, they will pitch today in an inter-squad game. It's not a triple-A game. It's an inter-squad game. The Jays are playing the Yankees tonight in New York. Th- this is, these are the expected players. These are the players the Jays are expected to take to Steinbrenner Field. Vladdy, Espinal, Bo, Chapman, Teoscar, Gurriel, Biggio, and Tapia are the regulars that are expected to go to uh, Tampa for tonight's game, keeping in mind that this is subject to change because it is a night game. And the starting and, and the pitchers, I, I should say, are Trent Thornton, Anthony Castro, 
Biagini, Garcia, Vasquez, Johnson, Spraker, a bunch of guys who aren't going to make the team, and a couple of guys who are probably on the cusp of breaking the team. Andrew Vasquez might be a guy you want to keep an eye on. He's a guy they brought in, and um, and we know that the Jays are looking for a little bit of balance in the bullpen, so it's entirely possible, Kevin, that he may be uh, a guy who who earns a spot on the staff. We know that the Jays, as every other major league team, will be carrying 28 players, and it it appears as if it appears as if uh, Charlie Montoyo is leaning to more, towards 10 relievers as we speak right now, which is probably probably not a great surprise. I think I think we can safely say we talked about it yesterday, Kevin, with Buck Martinez. I think basically the the field players are set. If, if they're taking three catchers, there's probably no decision to be made. Josh Palacios, Josh Palacios has already been sent out. He was a guy who maybe could have, might have made it as a final, as a final piece. But I think it's pretty clear that Greg Bird, as of this time, as of this moment, barring a trade or something unforeseen, Greg Bird will probably, probably uh, go north with the Blue Jays. We will be joined in a few minutes by Susan Waldman, Yankees broadcaster. We'll take a look at the Yankees. Kind of an odd spring training for them. Uh, Josh Donaldson joining the team. Isaiah Kiner-Falafa joining the team. It appears as if Aaron Boone is sort of trying to figure out how he's going to get all his pieces to fit. It looks like Labor Torres may have found a position he's comfortable with at second base, and, and maybe that will allow him to sort of tap into some of the, some of the, uh, the talent Kevin Barker that everybody that everybody thinks is there and of course the big story the big off-field story with the Yankees is potential contract extension for Aaron Judge uh, who who turns 30 in April yeah he's not young that that's I keep reminding myself of that but there's still a tendency I think to look at Aaron Judge as being 24 25 years old Uh, so let's you know now that we, we're going to see the Yankees tonight, let's kind of take a look around the AL East a little bit right now, uh, as, as we await, you know, as we await any word, any word out of the out of, out of the Blue Jays about about who the opening day starter would be. Uh, Kevin, we've kept an eye on the other AL East teams through spring training. Uh, you know, the Boston Red Sox making a key acquisition late, Trevor Story. Have you seen anything so far this spring or read anything so far this spring that has caused you to change your evaluation of any of the four teams in these? Let's leave the Orioles aside for a minute, but Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, Tampa, and anything that's changed your evaluation of those four teams? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think the besides Tampa, you know, you could say injury would be a big deal for Tampa. It never is. They got a plethora of arms that can fill in and match up and do it with power and get lefties and righties out. And obviously they have now the they two are, different lineups. I'm going to say they are going to be without Fairbanks and Anderson. I, I, again, two is that pretty, a, de, pretty dependable high leverage are, arms. Are you are you if you're a Tampa Bay Ray fan are you are you freaking out about that? Absolutely not. They they got so many arms. They figure out so many different ways to get people out. They'll bring a starter in to fill that role. They'll do whatever it takes. So for me, I'm not worried about Tampa Bay. The other teams, the Red Sox, uh, you know the 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 Yankees and the Blue Jays. For me, it's about the key players staying healthy. 
the main guys. That that's the biggest issue. You know, if the Blue Jays lose a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for a long period of time, they're not making the playoffs. At least for me, anyway. You know, you could say sort of the same thing about the Yankees. If if the Yankees lose Aaron Judge, how much harder would it be for them to make the playoffs? Uh, you know, if they lose Garrett Cole for a amount of time, how, how long would it take them, you know, to, to make up for that? It would be a little bit tougher. And with the Red Sox, you know, do we really know – the Red Sox are the X factor for me because you really don't yep. know what you're going to get. Now, obviously, the Trevor Story thing, that's a big deal. It's going to take pressure off of other parts offensively and defensively. He's a very good defensive player. Now, how, him moving to second base, I'm assuming that's where he's going to play. He'll play some short when, when they have to have it, but – He's mainly going to play second base. How big of a deal is that? Like, is is he okay moving left to right at second base? You know, the accuracy of the arm. We know the shoulder issues that he's had. That that shouldn't be an issue there. Where's he playing in the shift? All these things come into play, but he's a, he's a good enough athlete that he'll make up for it. So I'm really not worried about that. But if you look in the American League East, this is going to be a dogfight to the end. you got four teams all bunched up. And for me, it's about one key injury for a superstar player. If one of those – players gets hurt it will be that much harder for that team to to make the playoffs and that's what that's what makes the american league east fun jeff i think what really makes the red sox an x factor here is the the state of their starting pitching james paxton uh what he's i mean he's 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 throwing off a mound um he's supposedly throwing he threw 10 pitches on friday i mean he's clearly well behind Chris Sale probably won't pitch until May 1st or after May 1st because of a stress fracture in his right rib, rib cage. I'm with you, you know, it, it's uh, the, the Trevor Story thing, you know, will Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story, how will that work out? Is everybody going to be happy? Raphael Devers, there's a contractual issue there. Everything we know or we, we think we know about about Raphael Devers suggested he's going to be able to block it out. Uh, they'll have good outfield defense. We know that. They have some prospects on the horizon, the Red Sox do. I, I, think, I think the Red Sox are absolutely the X factor, and I'll even go further than that, Kevin. I think the Red Sox are going to be the X factor for the next four years because they're going to have to figure out a way to – they're going to have to hope that they hit on those prospects that everybody likes – and somehow they're going to have to come up with some reliable starting pitching. That's that to me more than anything else in this division is the wild card is the Red Sox pitching. I think if we look at all the other teams, we kind of know what they're about. We kind of know where their strengths or weaknesses are. I don't know if there is a particular set of players at a position as important to their team's postseason aspirations than the Red Sox starters. Yeah, maybe. Look, you know, the, uh, Tampa Bay won, a, won the American League East easily last year. With didn't have a starter with an ERA under four, I think it was. The, you know, the American League East is a different animal. You, you, you can have teams figure out ways to win year after year by doing it in different ways. Last year, the Rays led the American League East and run scored like that. That's how they did it last year. Like it's that's my point is it's. Just going to, for me anyway, I, I understand it's always about pitching. Like, you know, you, you, it's demoralizing bullpens. We saw it with the Blue Jays last year. That's how they didn't make the playoffs because they had about two weeks there where they stunk out of the bullpen and it, it was killing their team and it did kill their team at the end of the season. But I just think for me, because of all these teams, the way they're bunched up, if they lose a superstar, one of these teams does for long periods of time, it's going to be very hard because of the other teams are as close to one another as they've ever been, at least the times that I've been covering the American League East. It's just 
that that will be the X factor. And this again, you know, you coming into the, to the to the season and you're thinking about the American League East. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're a Yankees fan, you're a Red Sox fan, you know, it, it, you're a Rays fan. It may come down to how many times you beat Baltimore. A little bit of uh, intriguing news here. Our Mark Boffo, Blue Jays producer, just. Uh... Blue Jays producer. Our producer just tweeted out to me. Apparently, there is a locker with the nameplate Dexter Fowler on it in the Blue Jays clubhouse in Dunedin. That just moved by uh, by Arash Madani uh, huh. a couple of minutes ago. Now we know we know that the Blue Jays uh, had some interest in Dexter Fowler going back to when he was when he was a free agent. And bear with me here as I as I just uh, do a quick quick little. Quick little call up here of Dexter Fowler. Uh, I mean, he's a switch hitter, and we know what this organization's looking for. You play the outfield. Taking a look at what he did last year, Kevin Barker. Try to uh, uh, the beauty of breaking news, huh? Try to see what we can get here out of Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler last year uh, only played in seven games, so forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, forget about the stats. The stats are irrelevant. He's a career two fifty nine. Yeah, he's a career two fifty nine hitter. Career seven seventy five OPS. Uh, he has one hundred and twenty seven home runs, five hundred and seventeen RBIs. In uh, two thousand and nineteen, at the age of thirty three, his last full season, one hundred and fifty games played, two thirty eight average. Uh, you know, this would have been a this would have been a, a a big news story like five years ago. This to me is just is a depth guy more than anything else. But again, Absolutely. Kevin, a, a veteran switch hitter who's been there, right? Veteran switch hitter who's been there. Why not? Why not? Bring yeah, you're, and yeah. See what you well, you're, you're you're surrounding your team with ex big leaguers, but big leaguers who've been there, done it before, who've had success at the big league level. So mm-hmm. you're not having guys who haven't done it before. It's a big time year. I've told you this. They have to get off to a good start. You'd rather, if you're Charlie Montoya, call on a guy like that than you would somebody else, a lesser player, an unknown player. You know that that you don't know if in those situations it's going to fold or not, and this is this is what contending teams do. That they surround themselves. Now, is Dexter Fowler the 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 needle mover? Absolutely not. You mentioned switch hitter, and the first thing I thought of is I could switch hit right now today, just about as good as Dexter Fowler could. So, you know, I don't think it's about that. I I think <laughs> it's more about. I All think, right. Well, let's, well, there let's you be, go. Well, let's be honest. There you let's go. Not, let's Barker. not lie about it. But you look at his on-base percentage, that, that would be something if he plays. He'll play, you know, he'll play some outfield. He'll hit at the bottom of the order, get on base for the big boys. Look at the on-base percentage. Look and see if he can steal a base in a key spot late in the game. If he can do those kind of things, you'd rather have him than, like I said, a lesser player. Yeah, 2019, again, his last full year, 245 against right-handers, 213 against left-handers. There you go. He's, uh, as, as, as a former manager I once covered would say, he's a switch hitter when he stands in the on-deck circle. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and I think you know what I mean. And you, Absolutely. You probably, know, you, you probably know which manager was that, uh, it was that said that. Uh, so, again, there's a little bit of news out of the Jays' camp, according to our Rash Madani, who is – in uh, Dunedin with the Blue Jays. Dexter Fowler has a nameplate in the Blue Jays locker. Uh, 30, 35-year-old switch hitter. Uh, again, that would be one of those things. Why not uh, take a look at the guy? The guy's still available. Again, you are carrying 28 players. I I would have a hard time figuring out how he's going to fit into this team right out of camp, and 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 yep. indeed, it's it's pretty hard joining this time of 
this time of year to make the roster. But again, everything we've been led to believe, look, Ryan Maltapia clearly uh, has got the team made. He will be the fourth outfielder. Greg Bird certainly is being treated like a guy who has been brought into camp as a non-roster player on a minor league contract with expectations that he's going to make the team. It's certainly the way Charlie's using him. I mean, my God, he's played just about every game. He's played in the field. He's he's swung a good bat. We know that the Jays, I think if they if, if the Jays could close their eyes right now, they they like the idea of a quasi platoon DH situation with with Kirk and Greg Bird or maybe Greg Bird is that lefty power bat that comes off the bench and catches up to fastball in the, in, in the eighth or ninth inning. So Dexter Fowler, I think, is uh, purely a stopgap. But as, as Barker pointed out, he's a guy who's been around. He's a guy with some postseason credentials. Yep. Former All-Star. Can't hurt. Better him than Malik Smith would be my... Would be the I don't way know. I Malik it. Smith can fly. Although Malik can go get it. Wow. He can fly. He can fly. fly. Let's bring in Susan Waldman, Yankees broadcaster, joining us on Blair and Barker. Susan, thanks for doing this. It is, uh, as always, great to talk to you. I trust... I trust that you're doing well. I'm I'm doing well. I guess you have breaking news. Dexter Fowler is on the team. By the way, before we go to Dexter Fowler, Greg Bird had better make that team. And let me tell you about Greg Bird. He could be your Rowdy Tellez. I talked to him for a long time. He was one of my favorite people. I thought he was going to be Mattingly. And then he got kept getting hurt. But he hit a home run here. Um, he was so happy. I could see it. I mean, he was he hit a home run here when you guys were in the last time. I mean, we only see it 3,000 3, times. I think we go to Dunedin on Saturday, too. But Greg Bird, I was talking to him, and I said, you know, you can back up um, uh, Vladdy. He can't play there every day. He's a great first baseman, by the way. And you could DH, and you could have a, a great job there. And he's very happy, and he's very healthy, and I'm rooting for him. And, and you're going to love this guy. I, he's just he's just fabulous. By the way, Dexter Fowler is a really nice man. I don't know why he's there, but he's a very nice man. Yeah, as, as Kevin said, I think it's just you know, he's available in the area, and um, yeah, they, they and you I, never know. Gonna see what they, yeah, they're going to see what they have. They're going to see what they have with uh, Dexter Fowler, and you know, if nothing else, maybe he's a nice piece in Buffalo. I don't, we don't know. He played seven games last year. We we don't know what shape he's in, or anything anything like that. Um, how are you enjoying the Josh Donaldson experience? I love Josh Donaldson. He's always been one of my very favorite people. And when I just did, I love that kind of player. And when I introduced myself to, to him, I actually said, I'm not supposed to say this to anybody, but I, you make me smile every time you come up. He's just, I, I just like that kind of player. And by the way, he's been good as gold and everybody loves him and he's hitting. And uh, Kyle Higashioka has already said that um, he's hitting this spring because he uses the Josh Donaldson techniques of, of hitting, and he talks to him about everybody. Yes, he had his little meetings with Garrett Cole, and um, they straightened things out, et cetera. But he's been, he's been terrific here. I mean, of course, it is March, whatever it is. But um, I, I think he's, if he stays healthy, he's really going to help this team in a lot of ways. Yeah, listen, I, I think Josh Donaldson, personality-wise, character-wise, and the whole thing is just tailor-made for New York. You know, I, 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 I think I've talked to you about this. There are, there are players, and this is no disrespect to any other organization, but there are players who just look good in pinstripes. You look at me and go, yeah, that fits. And to me, Josh Donaldson in pinstripes fits perfectly. I think he's, I think he's the perfect guy for New York. I think he's, abs- he's absolutely going to eat up. 
Yankee Stadium and absolutely eat up I, New York. I know Kevin has a question. No, no, Susan, I was just going to ask. I'd seen him a couple of times uh, leading off. I know Anthony Rizzo will probably lead off, too, against some right-handed pitching, but any chance that Josh Donaldson leads off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Aaron really? Boone thinks that the best – Yeah, no, no, that we're doing things differently now. We have 7,000 analytics guys, <laughs> so they all have an opinion. I mean, it's amazing. We're going to have to have a 747 to travel with all the coaches and the analytics people. <laughs> um, but, no, they're trying different things, and, and obviously – Donaldson gets on. He sets a good tone. Um, they were Aaron Boone has had Judge lead off. I think one of these days he's going to have Gallo lead off. He likes these guys that get on, and and I think uh, truth be told, he would he would um, hit DJ down in the order like fifth and sixth. Um, so because he always <laughs> gets a hit with guys on. Um, so they're doing different things. He's let off a couple of times. And, you know, uh, Jeff, what you were just saying about Donaldson, this team needs someone with a little edge. And, you know, those are the kinds of people that were always in this clubhouse. In the last few years, there haven't been. And without Gardner there, and Gardner really couldn't do it the way you have to be if you're going to be that kind of an edgy leader. Um, So Donaldson, to me, is there for a lot of reasons, never mind the defense, which is still great. And the way he hits, but he's got an edge to him that is going to be really good here, and it works here, and they need it. And I, I hope he has a good year because he's perfect in here. And as you said, I think New York's just going to eat him up. I just yep. think he's going to love it there, and they are just going to love him. Well, when, before when I heard you were coming on, I was doing some reading about the Yankees, and, and I was doing some some thinking about you know I haven't heard anything about the catching. Like, I haven't heard a saga. Aaron Boone's not coming out and saying that we're going to have to do this. He's going to, you know, Sanchez is going to play here. And then you look at the two catchers they got in, in Rortved and Higashioka. Do they like those two guys? You know, they seem like defensive first guys. Higashioka, I can see he's going right center with some backspin. Yep. But but do you think that's, you know, sort of the, the – you, you mentioned yep. you're doing something different there. Is that what you're it, sort of it, talking exactly. about? Exactly. They – yeah, they think that the catching, you know, I remember years and years ago when um, the Yankees in 96 traded Mike Stanley and went out and got Joe Girardi. And I said to Joe Torrey, I'll never forget it, I said, you know, this is a popular guy. He hits 30 home runs. Everybody loves him. And Joe, Girard- and Joe Torrey said to me, the position is called catcher for a reason. And they think that the team is better off having two defensive catchers. Now, Rortvet is folding oblique, and I haven't, um, I haven't seen him. But Kagashioka is a great defensive catcher, got a great arm, calls a great game. You already know that Garrett Cole would, would only pitch to Higashioka. And I guess Rortvet, according to uh, the people in Minnesota and Rocco Valdelli, is he's 24, but he's that kind of a catcher. He's hurt right now. I don't think he's going to break camp with the, with the team. He's had a little oblique, but, um, so he's a little behind. But they think they are better off with two defensive catchers. And by the way, if you need your number nine hitter to hit in this lineup, this team's in trouble because they've got hitters up and down the lineup. So what they want to do 
is is have a defensive first catcher, and that comes from that's why they got uh, the catching coordinator Tanner Swanson from Minnesota, who turned Mitch Garver around and made him into an all star. And he's been here. It did not work with Gary Sanchez. I wish Gary the best. He tried so hard, but that isn't what they want. And so they went out and got this. I I, I don't know whether Max McDowell will make the team right out of camp or not because Rorkett won't be ready, or the veteran Rob Brantley, who is also a really defensive catcher. But that's where they're going. They're going defense, which was not good last year. Um, getting Kiner Falefa makes the defense younger and faster, and that's what they've been, been trying to do because the defense was not very good last year. Susan, a, a couple of questions wrapped up in one question. How How is Aaron Boone going to make – going to make all those infielders and I'm including DJ LeMayhew in there make all those infielders fit together and and the second part of that question is it looks to me as if maybe I understand it's only spring training but it looks to me as as if maybe somebody's found the key to Glaber Torres am I correct in that assessment well, it's not somebody. I mean, Glaber Torres is back where he should have been. The first, I mean, the experiment of moving him a shortstop was a disaster, and they did not admit this until until September. Glaber Torres is leave him alone. He said, "All right, I can play shortstop." No, he can't. And every time he made an error, he'd take it to the plate. And um, 2020, I give him a pass because he came into camp great in great shape. And then the camps closed down, and he got out of shape. He did not stay the way he should have. And by the time they had the second camp, he was way behind everybody. So, um, so I, I don't. I give him a pass in that. Last year, they put him someplace. He tried really hard. He couldn't do it. And it, he took it to the plate with him. He looks very, very different this year. He has um, slimmed down a little bit. He's married. He has a new baby. And he's hitting all over the place, and he's comfortable. He was a really good second baseman. But, no, they had to take him out of there and put him at shortstop. And I think it was a disaster. And I think it went to – it got to him. You know, he really tried. And sometimes you just can't do it. Sometimes, you know, just because you can play second doesn't – and you played shortstop you know, when you're a little boy, doesn't mean you can still do it. And he couldn't. So I expect a different flavor this year. Uh, to the second question, Jeff, um, when they signed DJ LeMayhew in the first place, he was supposed to be play every day, but all over the infield. Um, he'd play third, he'd play second, he'd play first. So your backup first baseman right now is DJ LeMayhew. Um, so Rizzo, you know, obviously, is he going to play every day? He's what, 32, 33? Is Josh going to play every day? I don't know. You've got DJ there. He will play somewhere every day, whether it's DH or one of the infield positions, because he can play them all except for shortstop. Susan, what do you think Aaron Judge gets? <laughs> I don't know. I think, like, whatever he wants. No, I, I think that you've got to remember he's going to be 30. Yeah. So I, I would think that they want five or six years. I think they're probably looking for six or seven. Whatever it is, it's going to get done. All this drama. I mean, for Pete's sakes. I mean, he's the best player on the team. You know, he's got his own section at right field. Um, he really is. He's everything you want a Yankee leader to be. And he is that guy. And he had his best year last year. He stayed healthy. Aaron Boone made sure he stayed healthy. And supposedly they have talked about it. 
and um, or they're making some kind of a proposal or have they're not telling anybody but supposedly it'll i i wouldn't be surprised if it gets done by opening day i really wouldn't yeah, if you look at your rotation, Susan, if you can get Luis Severino, uh, you know, away from body soreness, I was reading. I, I mentioned when I when oh. we came on there, I was doing some reading, and, and I heard body yeah. soreness. I, yeah, I didn't think he pitched enough to, to have body soreness, but I, no. I, you know, it's what, what do you it's a do you think? World, absolutely, it's a different world. It absolutely is. Do you do you think from what you've seen from him? Because again, if he's pitching and he's pitching every five days, the Yankees going to be really good. But from what you've seen from him, do you think he can? make 25 starts this year i i don't know i haven't seen it yet you know and i'm i'm very i'm very skeptical skeptical about stuff he's he's got great talent he works you know he's he's terrific but i haven't seen him get through a whole year like this something always happens if he does i mean he's still scheduled uh to pitch the second game of of the year against the Red Sox, it'll be uh, Cole Severino and Tyone. I guess the first three days, and you guys get the back of the rotation. You'll get Montgomery and and Nestor Cortez, and I guess back around to to Cole. Um, but it was it's I I'm so skeptical skeptical um, Kev. I really am. I want to see a, a, a pitcher get through a year. He hasn't yet. You know, and it, it's so. How can you tell? I don't like body soreness. I don't know what this means. I mean, yeah. they're going to push him back. This is how it started a couple of years ago. Yeah, got a little twinge in my shoulder. Something hurts. It's fine. And that, of course, they don't tell us. So, we'll see if he's there in game two of the season opener against the Red Sox. I'll believe that he's healthy. Until he does, you know, you got to prove it. You got to go out and do it. It's great to say I'm fine and everything will be fine. You got one of these years. He has to put it together. Susan, as always, it was great of you to join us. Thanks so much. You know we appreciate your time. Yeah. Be well, travel safely, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, I can't wait yeah, to see you. Yeah, we're going to see you in Toronto, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll look forward okay, to it. Okay, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks for asking That's... me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Susan Waldman, the legend, um, joining us on Blair and Barker, the podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast. That's that that you know it's funny as 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 Susan was talking about Glaber Torres um i yeah, i can remember a conversation i can remember interviewing Glaber Torres and Brian Cashman at spring training one year just for a story i was doing and i've told this I, i've said this a lot kevin that one of the things the yankees did so well when they were a juggernaut was they made the right call on their own players. You know, they didn't move Jeter to, to the outfield when he was making 150 errors in the minors. Like, all, this, all the scouts wanted to move to the outfield. They said, no, he's our shortstop. They, they've picked the right guy to hitch their wagon to, got rid of Sterling Hitchcock, moved on from Roberto Kelly. They made all these decisions that, in retrospect, turned out to be really good. good. And, you know, Glaber Torres is kind of... Labor Torres and Miguel Andujar were supposed to be part of the cornerstone of the ne- cornerstones of the next Yankee, the next great Yankees team, and they've uh, Miguel Andujar is, I, I think he is what he is, but I really do think they mishandled Labor Torres. And you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of something, and I wish I'd remember this yesterday. We had Buck Martinez on. One of the things Buck Martinez said very early in Bo Bichette's career was, "Shut up about moving the guy, leave the guy at shortstop." Let him make his mistakes there. Let him ride the learning curve knowing that he's going to only be at this position. And when Susan was talking about Glaber Torres, my mind flashed back to Bo Bichette. I think sometimes, 
Sometimes you just have to have faith in the player. You really do. Yeah, I think so. I, I think sometimes, too, asking a, a kid to that's not capable of doing something to do it in Yankee Stadium and be the quarterback of the on the field is, you well, know. Friend, almost, you know the kid's going to say yes. Glaber Torres isn't going to look at Brian Cashman at 22 years old. Nah, I don't want to move. Nah, I'm good. I'm not, I don't want to play. Can you send me down to AAA? He's gonna he's gonna do what he's told, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, for them to be a better team, him playing second base, you could you could just tell when when you listen to him talk and you hear him talk, he, he's comfortable. He, he sounds a yes. little bit like Kevin Biggio. Yes, he I, does. when I was when I was in camp and I was listening to Kevin Biggio and I had conversations and people I was talking to, he sounds more confident. He sounds comfortable with who he is, where he's playing. Now he doesn't have to show up 17 hours early, take ground balls at a position that he feels like, you know, he's the only person on the field, which is an awful feeling. I've been there before. And now he can just go out and be the person and, and the player that, you know, we think he can be. You know, he's not going to be a superstar, Kevin Bishio, but he can be a solid contributor to a playoff team. And that's exactly what Glaber Torres is now. You don't have to do anything. Just go out there and be yourself, man. Catch the balls you're supposed to catch and occasionally run into one, drive in some runs at the bottom of the order. You do that, you'll be in the big leagues for a long time. Yeah, and it's, I, th- I think it's hugely important that they get a read in him this year because they've got some, some minor league depth. I love Volpe. Uh, is it Pedraza or Peraza, the other, the other prospect that yep. we've seen? Really like him. So they've got a couple of kids that are knocking on the door at, at middle infield. And, and if they can get a read on Torres... And if Torres can settle in at second base, become the type of hitter he should be, that is going to make that's going to open an awful lot of options, an You're, awful lot of options. You only team. get so many chances as a Yankee. Yes. His his that's, chances are almost to the end here. He needs to put up or shut up. That's right. I would say he's on about his his eighth his eighth life his yep. eighth life out of nine lives. We mentioned that uh, Dexter Fowler apparently is joining the Blue Jays or has been signed to a contract. At least there's his nameplate is in the, the clubhouse in Dunedin. I, I would presume it's a, it's a spring training invite or minor league deal, whatever. Uh, again, a veteran outfielder, switch hitter, um, probably three years, four years removed from his best. But, you know, what the hell? At this point, why not? The guy doesn't have a job. Bring him in. Get a look at him. As Barker said, he's got, he's got experience. He's got the reputation of being a decent clubhouse guy, all that stuff. So, uh, so let's see where it uh, where it goes from there. Which is what we're going to do with this show as well. Kevin Biggio was uh, a possibility today, as always happens when there's a night game. Uh, his schedule has been altered, so he will not be able to join us today. He is on the travel roster to Fort Lauderdale for tonight's game, at least as of now. But again, think these things, spring training, these things are always subject to change. So we'll endeavor to get Kevin on at uh, sometime soon. At uh, any rate, we will take a break and come back with more baseball talk, more Blue Jays talk. It's Blair and Barker, the podcast on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A reminder to rate, review, and subscribe, Blair and Barker, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We are on from 10 to 11 tomorrow. That's 10 to 11 Eastern time tomorrow. Monday, Monday we switch to 10 to noon Eastern time. And there may be, 
may be another announcement about the show I can make, but I can't make it right now. We, we, don't, have a sh- we don't have a show Friday. That's tomorrow. I just said we're not on tomorrow, didn't I? No, today's Wednesday. That? Tomorrow's Thursday. Oh, Jesus, that's right. We're on tomorrow. Yeah, we don't have a yeah, show Friday. It's, it's something when you turn three digits, ain't Shut it? Up. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Parker. Yeah, so the, uh, 10 to 11 tomorrow, then we're off Friday. Uh, and Friday, we're going to uh, – I mean, Friday's going to be a day – a day, the day of days around here. There's going to be a, a – there's going to be a World Cup draw special on the radio, which I just never thought we'd ever – I just never thought we'd ever have a World Cup draw. But Canada's going to the World Cup. The draw will be Friday, and um, they play Panama tonight on, uh, on Sportsnet and a win – there's all sorts of ramifications to this, but anyhow, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, there is a chance. There is a chance. I think the Canada might end up in the same pot as Portugal, according to Sid Sixero, which will be great because Sixero, Sixero's head will just explode. Like he, he will not know. He will not know who to cheer for. Anyhow, Barker's looking at me like World Cup, World Cup. What's that? Baseball show. I know. I know. I'll move on. The news. In air quotes. Uh, R. Rashmadani reporting that uh, upon his arrival at the Blue Jays minor league facility and upon a quick perusal, or sorry, not minor league facility, the player development complex. Shout out to Hazel, by the way, for her piece in the player development complex. But upon uh, his arrival at the player development complex, as most good reporters do first thing in the morning, get a cup of coffee. You walk around and just kind of check out the lockers in case somebody's gone or somebody isn't gone. Lo and behold, there's a locker for Mr. Dexter Fowler. So you could probably put two and two together and figure out the Jays are bringing Dexter Fowler and getting a free look at a guy, veteran, uh, and played much in the past couple of, well, who the hell really has played much in the past couple of years, uh, about five years removed from an all-star season, five years, 17, 18 maybe six years removed from an all-star season. Uh, switch hitting outfielder. Why not? A little bit late to anticipate that he would break camp with the team, considering the fact that the Jays will be in Toronto on Wednesday. That's a week from today. They're expected to have a workout at the Rogers Center a week from today, have Thursday off, and then Friday's the opener. A little little much, I think, to expect Dexter Fowler to make the team, but but Bark, why not? As we said, veteran hitter, been around. Why not? Yeah, I wouldn't get too excited about that. You know, all, all the things you just like mentioned. I said, how, five how, years how, ago, we'd be getting excited. Five years ago, it would be reason to get excited. Yeah, you know, I, I think sometimes now he just goes up and stands at the plate. That's what I said. It's it's Jesus. more of, well, I mean, yeah. let's be honest. We're, we're, we're a play, you know, we're talking about a playoff team here. We're not telling you. We're t- I, again, you surround your team with veteran guys who have been there and done it before so you know when Charlie calls their name, you basically know what you're going to get, right? There, there'll yeah. be enough of a, a sample size there and enough enough stats on him to tell them that if he goes up there and stands against this guy, maybe gets on base and turns the lineup over for the donkeys to come up and go back leg city. So I was uh, taken yesterday to get caught up in some reading. And I, and I came across this uh, on fan graphs. And by the way, if, if, if you are a baseball fan, uh, I, I, listen, I spend a great deal of time trumpeting fan graphs. But uh, if you get a chance, if you get a chance, hit them up and give them a little bit of, throw a little coin their way. Um, they are soliciting 
uh, financial support. Not have to be much, but if you get a chance, throw a little coin their way. They do good work. As I said, I was just giving the the, the site a quick perusal, and I, I love they do their positional uh, war by team rankings. They go through every position. It's just kind of fun, and, and Dan Zaborski does a great job of it. And I said this to Barker. Thought oh, the the catching catching int- intrigued me, so I looked at their war ratings for catchers. And this is team by team. Number one is the Dodgers. That's probably no surprise. Number two are the White Sox. Yasmani Grandel is a pretty damn good catcher. Number three is Oakland. Oakland has kind of traditionally had a, a good group of catchers. They're, they're almost more a, what do you call it, sum total of the parts or whatever the hell it is. Number four, ahead of the Philadelphia Phillies, who have uh, JT Real Muto. Number four is the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, let me read Dan Zimborski's description of the Toronto Blue Jays' uh, catchers, catching situation. Again, this is based on war. None of Toronto's catchers can claim stardom by themselves, but together... They make for a desirable combination. Danny Jansen is arguably the most well-rounded of the trio, giving him the best argument for near-full-time status. His 105 weighted runs created plus in 2021 was his best since his rookie season. Meanwhile, Reese McGuire is the best pitch framer, and Alejandro Kirk almost certainly possesses the most offensive upside. Combine the three, and you get a JT Real Muto-esque reboot of Voltron. That's not the way I would normally subscribe, uh, describe catchers. The only unfortunate thing is that their individual skill set, individual skill sets don't really allow the Jays to fully exploit rostering three players who could otherwise be legitimate starters. The free substitutions in football and baseball are more conducive to leveraging highly specialized players, and it makes me wonder if Toronto should chop at least one of their backstops as part of a package to address a bigger need elsewhere. That said... Having three catchers does give the Jays a considerably higher floor at the position than the other elite teams outside of the Dodgers. Perhaps they'll eventually find a son of a former major leaguer to start behind the plate, but for now there's no reason to grumble. Uh, and the only reason I, 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 I mention this is I would dare say, Kevin, that if you put 100 Jays fans into, into a room and said, rate the team's strengths, I don't know how many would put catching as a strength. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, well, let's be honest. We we know that they've been trying to shop Kirk. You know that there's been some interest in him being traded to to other teams for that third baseman that plays for the Guardians. Reese McGuire. Let's be honest. Nobody wants Reese McGuire. So you know, to try and get rid of him, would he'd be a he'd be a throw in kind of guy. You know, you take this guy, I'll throw this guy in. He's more valuable to the Jays, I think, than he is to any other team in baseball. Sure, he is. He's familiar to the pitchers that throw to him, which is a big deal when. You know, you got some young guys who came up with him at the minor league level who when he puts the fingers down and, and they have confidence in with that runner on third base that they can throw their best secondary pitch and he'll either block it or frame it or whatever it is. So, so you know, they're comfortable there. Danny Jansen, look, th- th- there's a reason why we, we were saying, and I was saying when he was hitting a buck and some change, why is Danny Jansen still in the big leagues? Well, there's a reason why that is. It's because every guy to a man that you talk in that rotation or in that bullpen love throwing to Danny Jansen for whatever reason reason that is whether he does his homework whether he gives a good target whether he has soft hands whether he's a good talker maybe all the above whatever the case is you talk to every single one or most of the pitchers 
they love throwing to Danny Jansen. So, you know, sometimes I roll my eyes at the war talk. You know, let's just let's, – let's, let's not get too overly excited about that. But, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming as a whole, the three of those guys, the Blue Jays pitching staff likes throwing to those three guys. Yeah, it's uh... – just an interesting little, just an interesting little item. I thought because we, you know, we tend to the, the Jays are so good at so many other positions and have so many elite players at other positions now that I think we kind of look. Sometimes we're a little guilty of looking at the catching position and, and maybe second base this year as being kind of a, a, a bit of a hole. And, and the reason I the reason I mention that is, um, you know, yeah, it, you, you've got to look at the the total. You've got to look at the, the the total package the Jays have at that position. Now it's up to Charlie and John Schneider, and 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 the coaches to to make sure that uh, you know to make sure that 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 all those pieces fit and they're used properly. But uh, I, I just I found that really interesting. I found that really interesting. The catching you know, pos- rankings are what rankings are, but the, the catching position is not going to be the reason why the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs. Correct. That's that's the best way to put it. it. It won't be the reason they make the playoffs. It won't be the reason they don't make the playoffs. And when you have a real good team, which the Jays are, if you can just get defense out of that position, you're good. Mr. Barker, thank you for doing this. We will be back tomorrow from 10 to 11. Again, Blair and Barker, the podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Have a great day.